tonight on the Midnight Train Week 6 Quarantine Podcast. We discuss the legendary Danforth Bigglesworth Cooper, a.k.a. D.B. Cooper. Who is this guy? Why does he have a funny name? Why should we know about him other than Kid Rock shouting out to him in Baitiba, Da Bang, Da Dang Diggy Diggy, Diggy, said the boogie, set up jump the boogie. That was for you Moody, Kid Rock's number one fan. So grab your drink, sit back, and turn the volume to 11 in. We say a lot of words like fuck, shit, cock, cockmaster 7000, holy balls, and wiener puncher. So parental discretion is advised. All aboard. And welcome season three, episode 12, and the sixth, sixth fucking quarantine episode of the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. You beautiful bunch of dark motherfuckers know what that means. It means we make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. I am your host, the conductor, the cryptic Jonathan Sayer, and with me, of course, is the man himself who hates this quarantine pretty much more than anyone else, Mr. Jeff Butchko. How are you, buddy? How are you? I'm alive. <laughs> and, uh, Wiener Puncher Cockmaster 7000. Just nice. because if we don't say it, it was, you know, it was part of the, uh, the intro that we were going to say it. So I want to make sure I got that out there. Yeah, you got it for sure. And uh, with us, of course, the purveyor of the paranormal and the guy who puts the ball in the ball with the ball, but dang a dang, dig it, dig it, dig it, say the boogie, say ump, jump, the boogie. The one and only Mr. Moody. What's up, fellas? Hi, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'd like to think that I put the boogie in all of that, but I'll take the ball, I guess. You can put the ball and the boogie in it. (laughs) That's a lot. That's too much. That's too much. Yeah, that is. Are you guys hating this shit? Like, are are you guys over it? Because I'm over it. (laughs) Dude. I know the listeners are probably over it, but like this is just <laughs> fucking dumb at this point. It, you know what I mean? Like, been just it's at first it was like okay, cool, you know, because we've got the restaurant and whatever. We're like we're gonna fucking renovate and it's downtime and it's gonna be cool. And we were getting a shit ton of fucking orders like to go and people were supportive. But I think it's that happened because people didn't think it was gonna last that long, and now that it's lasting <laughs> even fucking longer. We're all like, fuck it, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're sitting around right now with this beautiful new place. Like, fuck it, dude. Fuck. It oh, yeah. sucks. I, uh, I, I got back to work today after two weeks of being laid off. So that's good, though. Nice. Well, that's good. Congrats. Yeah. I actually, I actually get some money coming in since the government ain't fucking helping me out. Oh, they're not that's the either. other thing too like you watch like all my friends on facebook none of them are getting like what they need they they're they're not getting the unemployment they're not getting their stimulus they're not getting their tax returns it's like what the fuck is going on like i, I just don't get it like how is this shit so fucking out of control 
at this point. Dude, we know? are we have literally received nothing. I mean, uh, we've got no stimulus checks. Um, we applied for the fucking stupid fucking business grant thing or whatever. Haven't heard shit from them for that. So literally right now, we're spending money to try and make the place nicer. And we have nothing coming in from the fucking government right now. Yeah. Like at that's, this point, I mean, that's like 90% of everybody in the state right now. Yeah. My libertarian fucking point of view is just getting stronger and fucking stronger. <laughs> like, I swear to God, like, I'm just buying more fucking ammo and I'm going to be one of those dudes like, get off my fucking lawn, you know? Yep. And uh, we're all going crazy. We're all going fucking nuts, yes. dude. I, okay. So here's the thing. When this all started, what, back in March, Jesus Christ, seems like a year ago. <laughs> I, I was like, all right, we're going to do the right thing. We're going to do smart. We're going to help save people by staying home. You know, we're going to wear masks and gloves. We're going to sanitize. We're going to wash, wash our hands. By the way, I have no skin left on my fucking hands at this point. Um, <laughs> Mine's all covered in paint, if that matters. So. <laughs> you know, like, I, uh, I was all... I, I was never all wash my hands anyway. Yeah. But I was on, on board, as, as were pretty much most of us, you know? Right. And now it's just to the point where it's like, I can't stand my fucking couch anymore in my house. And <laughs> it's, it's a juggle. So like I'm running a business as well. So I'm working all day, every day trying to do the job of five people at once so that I could have food in my refrigerator. You know what I mean? And I come home and I, you just, you can't go anywhere. You have to sit in your fucking house and then the to top it all off. It's like, Oh, well, you know what? Let's go outside. It's fucking snowing. <laughs> Like it's like the ultimate <laughs> kick in the balls. God's just like, hey guys, guess what? Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, but you know what, Jeff? This podcast makes it all go away <laughs> when it works. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> which, which of course we were having technical issues as fucking always because I'm a goddamn em fucking p anyway. And I promise, <laughs> I promise to all the listeners out there, everybody listening. I know it's been mediocre at best the last we were trying to make it really fucking funny i think we've done somewhat of a good job when we get back in the studio which is going to be soon i'm I'm hoping and we have our professional setup it's going to be a fuck ton of laugh it's going to be awesome i promise you that we will make up for it love that you said mediocre at best yeah (laughs) Yeah. i'm going crazy i'm telling you like i'm oh yeah my mind it's happening it is it is it is happening all right, so listen, enough of us bitching because everyone out there is probably going, we wanted to listen to your podcast because we <laughs> hate our lives too. And <laughs> so anyway, two beautiful bunch of dark fucking passengers know that we're just three goofballs and assholes that love history and can't get enough of the mysterious. We want you all to know how much it means to us that you're listening to this fucking podcast right now. Your reviews and support really do make all of the hard work worthwhile, as I've said numerous times. And in saying that, please stop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to your podcast or you're listening right now and uh, give us a five-star review. Literally say anything you fucking want to. I don't care. Just say fucking fuck the quarantine right now. Say whatever you want. Give and us I'll- a recipe, you know? There you go. I'm looking for different ways to cook chicken in a crock pot. So hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> You've only got, there's only so many dude and that's where i'm at i've done it all like, there's got to be something i haven't done yet listen just take like a chicken and just dump some whiskey in it and turn it on high see what happens that sounds amazing yeah or some voodoo um, right voodoo vodka yes i actually got a little crunk on that the other day but anyway um you can also find us on spotify by simply typing the midnight train podcast in their search engine 
or search bar, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and click the follow button. You'll then get each episode as they are released. Okay. Do we have a TikTok, by the way? We do, but I have. Is that like all the latest rage is TikTok? Yeah, I don't know how to fucking use that shit, dude. Like Moody, you should TikTok your life like a documentary. Just every day. Make a midnight train and then just document your life like a reality TV show. Yeah. Why can't you no. do that, Moody? He's muted, by the way. He's probably saying he's probably talking and chiming in and just doesn't realize it. There it no, is. Sorry. I, I was no, I was eating a hot dog, sorry. Yeah, yeah you were. <laughs> Yeah, you are. <laughs> is that what we call it now? <laughs> I mean, right. you can call it whatever you want to, but <laughs> let's turn down the fucking lights. Let's adjust our seat, grab a drink, and let's get spooky. But first, of course, here is a toast to all <laughs> of you beautiful motherfuckers. Ah. Oh my Hear lord! That? A beer. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> and uh we don't oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's moody right there. Wow. All right, so listen. <laughs> We're gonna talk about something that I've actually been pretty enthralled with and listened to quite a different stories and versions of on, on different podcasts and actually read on and whatnot. And uh this this entire episode, entire episode was actually written and researched by the one and only Mr. Moody. So, yeah. and we yeah, have no notes. Right? I yeah, don't have yeah. notes, but I have all the notes. But I, I told myself I wasn't going to read them. I just went through and made like what little um, extended little medical <laughs> shit. So this is going to be fun. Nice. I'm also <laughs> sitting here about three beers deep. So uh, I tell you what, let's get started. So the date <laughs> was November 24th, 1971, and twas the night before Thanksgiving. Chainsaw was approaching his 53rd birthday. Well. While most people are traveling to spend time with family, getting the turkey ready for the oven the next day, or getting wasted at the bar with their friends, one man dared to dream. Dream of the perfect crime. And that is the man we focus on tonight. A man who would become known as D.B. Cooper. So on that faithful that's day... That's Danforth Bigglesworth, right? Is I, I, that, that's very possible. We'll find out. <laughs> okay. So on that faithful day, an unassuming man dressed in a suit and tie with a white shirt walked into the Portland International Airport and bought a one-way ticket to Seattle under the name Dan Cooper on Northwest Orient Airlines Flight number 305. Now, once aboard, he ordered a bourbon and 7-Up and set his plan into motion. When the flight attendant approached him, he passed her a note asking her to sit next to him and that he had a bomb sat down and he opened his case to show her a battery connected by wires to a series of tubes. And Mr. Cooper then passed another note to the flight attendant to be delivered to the flight crew. She complied and went to give the note to the pilot. In the note, he demanded $200,000 in four parachutes. Now that seems like only a small sum for the effort, but in actuality, after inflation, that is equal to just shy, shy of $3 million today. So, more money than most of us will ever see, especially during this godforsaken fucking quarantine. So anyway, the plane landed in Seattle as, as it was originally designated. While on the ground, Cooper had the pilot take the plane to an out-of-the-way, brightly lit area on the apron. He had all the window shades pulled to deter police snipers. And the operations manager of the airline approached the plane and delivered the money and the parachutes to the flight attendant. 
After the delivery was made, Cooper released all the passengers and crew except for the flight crew and the flight attendant that had been a part of the whole thing from the beginning. You know, because he's like made a friend. Of course, he's got to keep. So I love how it says flight attendant, but you know, back then that was a stewardess. That's <laughs> so <laughs> offensive. Can you yeah. please take that back? <laughs> oh, stewardess! <laughs> So after the passengers and rest of the crew had gotten off the plane and while it was still refueling, Cooper laid out the plan to the pilot. He instructed the pilot to fly him to Mexico City. They decided that they would have to refuel in Reno. Is that your fucking dog barking in the background? Yeah, just I'll, I'll, I'll mute it until I got something to say. They go crazy <laughs> if someone walks by the house, dude. I'm just kidding, dude. You're fine. No, it's good, it's good entertainment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, they basically decided they'd have to refuel in Reno. So he explained to the pilot that he wanted him to fly at the absolute minimum airspeed required to keep the plane from stalling while keeping it at a maximum altitude of 10,000 feet. That's pretty specific. Yeah, oh yeah. Cooper told him he wanted the pilot to keep the landing gear deployed, the wing flaps lowered 15 degrees, and the cabin unpressurized. Okay, so he knows a lot about this shit. The guy's got a lot of fucking, like, He's done his homework on this shit. So you got like a military background or something? Well, I guess we'll see. So dun, after, dun, this, dun. <laughs> <laughs> after this little powwow and with the plane refueled, he instructed the pilot to take off with the aft stairs deployed. The head of the airline objected and said it was not safe. Cooper told them to go fuck themselves, and it was indeed safe. But instead of arguing, he told them he would just lower it in flight and then pooped his pants several times. <laughs> You never fuck with the aft stairs. Like everybody yeah. knows that, right? You know why, why would you? Why would you? Why would he even recommend that? Right. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like everyone knows that. Come on. So Jeez. at se- I mean, it's obvious. <laughs> right. Obvious. So at 7:40, while most people were settling in and getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving the following day, Northwest Orient Air Fl- Airlines Flight 305 once again took to the skies. This time with only a crew of four and Mr. Dan Cooper himself. Died is Dan Forth. What? His name, Danforth. Oh, okay. Now, I know what you're thinking. Say, John, did they by chance have any other planes try and follow Cooper on that flight? Well, give yourself a fucking cookie because yes. Yes, they did. You're so fucking smart, people. So altogether, five planes. That's right, five planes trailed that flight. They weren't going to let Cooper get to his destination alone. Well, so they thought. So approximately 20 minutes after takeoff at about 8 a.m. or 8 o'clock, I believe that's, is that a.m.? Or p.m., p.m., sorry. P.m., p.m. Right, right. A warning light came on in the cockpit to let the crew know that the aft stairs had been lowered. They radioed fucking to, aft stairs, man. Right, fucking <laughs> aft stairs, man. They radioed to Dan, the man, and asked if he needed help. He essentially told them to fuck, the, fuck themselves again and dismiss the crew's offer. At approximately 8.13, the tail end of the plane got a little squirrely, and the pilot had to do some maneuvering to get the plane back to level. At around 10.15, the pilot landed the Boeing 727 in Reno with the aft stairs still down. Remember when you guys asked if they trailed the plane and I told you you to give yourself a cookie? Well, also remember when I said that there were a total of five planes trailing Flight 305? Turns out, even with all that backup, not one person saw Dan Cooper jump from the plane and deploy a chute. And the plane these landed. like fighter jets or just regular like old school planes? Um, there was there was a couple of jets. Um, there was a big like tanker that was doing 
um, another mission for, I think it was the Coast Guard or something. Um, they, they cut in. There was a couple other. I think there were mostly fighter jets, though. So, quick question. I'm, I'm sure we're probably going to approach this and not spoil it, but was it like the FBI or CIA or military? Or like, who was going after them with the five jets? I'm just trying to paint uh, it. They're, they're military. I don't know. Uh, honestly, I don't really know who scrambled them. I think it was probably just the military, knowing that there was a hijacking going on. So, uh, the, I'm FBI gonna guess... in, the FBI was, gets it... involved. Yeah, the FBI. And that's where we're touching on that next part here. But the thing to me is, like, again, down to the, to the most uh, meticulous detail, like, it was 10 something at night, not going to see somebody jump from a plane, you know? Well, I guess there was, it was raining at the time, too. So I don't know if that had anything to do with no one seeing so probably, him, but yeah. Visibility was probably even more poor because of that. So, yeah. So right. well, when the plane landed, police surrounded the plane did an armed search to see whether Cooper was indeed still aboard. He was not. And with that, the FBI would launch an investigation that would become known as Norjack. Norjack would become one of the longest, most exhaustive investigations in FBI history. 45 years later, in 2016, the FBI would finally close the case as yet to be solved. They have said they would consider reopening the case if more concrete evidence were ever to come to light. Okay. Guys are pretty smart. You know, you got those fucking cookies. You're probably wondering why I keep calling our suspect Dan or Mr. Cooper or just Cooper and not DB. Well, there's a good reason for that. DB Cooper is a misquoted name given to the suspect by a reporter who got information fucked up. After all this got out, the first suspect they found was a certain Dan B. Cooper. He was a guy with a minor police record and was from the same area that this all fucking went down. The police investigate him first to see if you know, the guy was dumb enough to actually use his real name. Turns out he was not and was cleared almost immediately. A reporter confused this Cooper with the suspect and reported the name of the hijacker as D.B. Cooper instead of Dan Cooper. And it stuck. So you guys, thought you, you guys thought you were smart, but, uh, you know, you've been given a fucking lie. Give back the cookies. Give them back. Give back. You put that cookie down. God damn it. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to take a quick break for our first sponsor. And we will be right back to keep talking about this fucking crazy motherfucker, D.B. Cooper. We'll be right back, folks. This episode of the Midnight Train Podcast is sponsored by Voodoo Vodka. 20 times distilled, made from pure cane sugar and handcrafted right here in Ohio. Vodka can be smooth and voodoo proves it. Drink it straight, chilled, or in your favorite mixed drink. Ask for it wherever you buy your favorite liquors or head over to voodoo.com and subscribe to their mailing list. While you're there, pick up some Voodoo merchandise and use the promo code Midnight Train Podcast, all one word, to get 10% off your entire order. That's Voodoo, V O U D O U X dot com. Promo code Midnight Train Podcast for 10% off. And you can now buy this delicious vodka online. So order some today and drink with us whenever you listen to the show. Voodoo Vodka, it's magic. <laughs> all right, so. We now join the investigation on its five-year anniversary. The FBI, at that point, combed through around 800. Yeah, that's 800 fucking suspects, all right? Jeff wishes he could have <laughs> Comb the desert. come to his show <laughs> instead of eight. Anyway, uh, I was on the bands with you, so don't... I yeah, I was going to anyway, say. So <laughs> out of those... And Moody was doing the sound. <laughs> <laughs> so out of those 800 suspects, they eventually eliminated all but two dozen people. Some eventually eliminated later due to DNA evidence from the tie Dan left on board. The 
heard that right. Cooper left his fucking tie on board and left behind some DNA evidence. But don't get too excited. Keep your cookies to the far right. A partial DNA profile was eventually put together, but the scientists were not sure if it was actually Cooper's, and they haven't been able to get any sort of matches from the sample. Wait a minute. He also left behind... This is where they did the DNA, and they found out it was Monica Lewinsky, right? It was who you cut out? Monica Lewinsky. That's who they found out the DNA was from. No, I... I, Oh, it is? That's a different story. Yeah, that's not the same one. I thought... There was cigars and stain. All right. No, not that's different. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, which we might talk about sometime, but not now. Anyway, he also left behind eight cigarette butts, but unfortunately they were lost shortly after they were collected. <laughs> lost. Okay. Actually, it was probably, you know, whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that whole thing later. So anyway, there have been many suspects over those 45 years. I'm going to take a look at a couple of the more interesting ones since that's really where the intrigue of the entire case lies. So first and foremost, there is an overwhelming thought that Cooper did not survive the jump. Despite the theory, no evidence has been found to the contrary. Although two confirmed points of evidence have been identified as being authentic to the case. In November 1978, a placard printed with instructions for lowering the aft stairs of a 727 was found by a deer hunter near a logging road about 13 miles east of Castle Rock, Washington, well north of Lake Merwin, but within Flight 305's basic flight path. And secondly, on Sunday, February 10th, 1980, an eight-year-old boy named Brian Ingram was vacationing with his family on the Columbia River at a beachfront known as Tina, uh, 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 Tina, <laughs> Tina Bar, Tina, Tina, whatever, about nine miles downstream from Vancouver, Washington, and 20 miles southwest of Ariel. He uncovered three packets of the ransom cash as he raked the Sandy Riverbank to build a campfire. The bills were significantly disintegrated, but still bundled in rubber bands. FBI technicians confirmed that the money was indeed a portion of the ransom. Two packets of $120 bills each and a third packet of 90, all arranged in the same order as when given to Cooper. That is all the uh, the definite evidence recovered since the initial investigation. No body, no parachute, no money. Other than that, no money bearing the serial numbers given to Cooper have ever has ever been found anywhere other than what was recovered by the little eight-year-old dude. So now, first up, we have Bobby and Barb Dayton. Barb Dayton confessed to friends in 1978 she was indeed Cooper. Barb was. Barb, born, uh, is it, is that Barb or Bobby? Oh, it's, uh, so okay. I... Oh, see. Yeah, you're you're allowed to one. identify whatever you want to be. So, like, I'm a right. tree, and if you guys right. don't think I'm a tree, then you're racist. So, just right, right. I don't think that's that. racist. But anyway, um, Barb, who was originally born Robert, had gender reassignment surgery in 1969. As Bobby served in the Merchant Marines and then the Army in World War II. After that tried to get a commercial pilot's license but was unable to the reason she claimed to have staged the hijacking to get back at the faa and the airline industry she later recanted the story upon finding out she could still be brought up on hijacking charges Duh. <laughs> she passed away in 2002 and the fbi has never commented publicly on barb slash bobby slash bill slash whatever the fuck all right so first and foremost i'm gonna just touch on that real quick how would you not know and if you hijack something and stole like 
know, a shit ton of money that you still couldn't be brought up on charges. People are stupid. Anyway, so Wayne Weber, John C. Collins, is our next suspect. So they went by two names. Three days before he passed away, Dwayne Weber told his wife he was, in fact, Dan Cooper. This meant nothing to her at the time, but several months later, she told a friend what Dwayne had said, and the friend informed her at um, who Dan Cooper was. He has since been on a mission to uncover if her husband was, in fact, the infamous Dan Cooper digging into her husband's past and was shocked to find out he had another identity. He went by the name John C. Collins. She found out that John C. Collins was registered name at a Portland hotel the night before the hijacking. She said she remembered little things that started to add up like a Northwest Orient Airlines ticket that she had found and asked him about what went missing afterwards. He also, he also drank the same drink that Cooper drank on his flight and was a chain smoker. It also taken a trip to the area where the eight-year-old boy found the money by the river. Most of the evidence is hearsay and circumstantial. His prints did not match any taken from the plane, and his DNA did not match the partial sample. Although, again, the FBI admits that they don't know if the DNA is actually from fucking Cooper. I mean, that sounds pretty fucking... I don't know. Like, definitely all signs are definitely pointing to this guy so far, right? Do we say that? Yeah. Yeah? I'd say... <laughs> Maybe. All right. Next one. Richard Floyd McCoy, come on down. You're the next suspect on who the fuck is D.B. Cooper? Well, McCoy was an army vet that did two tours in Vietnam and was a uh, as a demolitions expert and then a helicopter pilot. McCoy was a, a main suspect in the hijacking. Reason? Well, he was arrested for a very similar hijacking several months after the original <laughs> Cooper crime. On top of that, he would never admit or deny that he was Cooper when asked. His family reported that the tie and tie clip left on the plane belonged to McCoy. The FBI does not consider McCoy a suspect anymore due to lack of similarities to the descriptions given by the crew. Is that where I'm the real McCoy comes from? That saying? I don't... I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, So his age did not match the reported age of Cooper. There are reports from credible witnesses saying he was actually in Las Vegas the day the hijacking took place and at home in Utah on Thanksgiving. Interestingly enough, after he was arrested for his own hijacking, he escaped from prison and was eventually hunted down and killed in a shootout with the FBI. The FBI agent who killed McCoy said that, quote, when I killed McCoy, I killed Cooper as well. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's my bad. That's that's called quarantine comedy. <laughs> so Kenneth Kenneth Christensen continues the uh, suspect parade. Uh, or yeah, Christensen was a uh, flight attendant for Northwest Orient Airlines for close to thirty years. At one point, he made a cryptic deathbed confession to his brother Lyle, saying he had something very important to tell him. He died before ever telling his brother. Several years after his brother's death, Lyle was watching a documentary on the Cooper case and became convinced that the secret his brother was going to tell him was that, in fact, Edith was D.B. fucking Cooper. He launched a personal investigation that included a private detective from New York, two authors, and a documentary on the History Channel. Um... Most circumstantial evidence, such as his penchant for the same brand of bourbon, 
Uh, he was left-handed, as Cooper was thought to be, and he fit the A's description is the basis for Lyle thinking his brother was Cooper. It was reported that Kenneth bought a house in cash shortly after the incident, but that was later found to be a false statement. So add to that that he did not physically match the descriptions and the FBI does not consider Kenneth a prime suspect despite his brother's fucking efforts. All right. You guys follow me on this one? Yeah, yeah. Lots of fucking different people. Lots of different people in this. It's a fucking crazy case. And uh, now let's talk about Lynn Doyle Cooper. Uh, this is the, the next one up on our list here. Marla Wynn Cooper was just eight years old when she heard her uncle, LD, talking about a plan involving very expensive walkie-talkies. She claimed she remembered that her uncles, LD and Dewey, <laughs> showed up on Thanksgiving Day with LD being hurt and bloody and unable to get out of the car. Now, think about that. That would make sense. So she recalls hearing one of her uncles saying something about their money troubles being over. She also recalls that LD was a huge fan of Canadian comic book hero Dan Cooper and that he had pages of the character's comics all over his wall. This was all brought to light between 2009 and 2011. Despite this promising lead, the FBI found no fingerprints on a guitar strap made by LD and his DNA was not a match to the partial sample found on the tie. Even though, again, again, the FBI, okay, the sample might not be from fucking Cooper, all right? They're still holding on to that little fucking magic wand going, oh, it might be. Anyway, they don't consider him your son. Now, on, on to Walter... Risa or Reka. I'm not 100% sure how to say it. R-E-C-A. Reka. I checka. I'm the Reka. Uh. Sorry. Rex and the Fexes and the Rekas. Anyway, is one of the more recent. Uh, anyway, Walter Reka is one of the more recent suspects to uh, to come forth or be put forth. Uh, he was a military vet and an original member of the Michigan Parachute Team. He was proposed as a suspect by his friend Carl Lauren in 2018. Carl claims that Rekka confessed to being Cooper in 2008. In permission and a notarized letter to share his story after he died in 2014 at age 80. He also allowed Lauren to tape their phone conversations about the crime over a six-week period in late 2008. In the over three hours of recording, of recordings, excuse me, Rekka gave new details about the hijacking the public had not heard before. Carl, a commercial airline pilot, an expert skydiver himself used his experience to take the information from Rekka and determine he actually landed near Klee Ulam, Washington. Is that Klee Ulam? Klee? He landed near E. Pluberus Unum in Washington. Um, Rekka told him that he saw several things on his way to the drop site and described an encounter he had with, quote, a cowboy driving a dump truck. <laughs> He described seeing two bridges and distinct lights. He also described the interior and exterior of the cafe he ended up at, um, as well as the cowboy he'd encountered there. Using that information, he began inquiring about a cowboy driving a dump truck in that area. He was eventually put in touch with Jeff Osidas. Oh, my God. <laughs> that fucking last name. Yeah. So, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff Osidax. I think that sounds right. Ojedex. Um, Jeff, in written testimony, um, <laughs> he recalled the story of how he saw a very disheveled man soaked from the rain walking down the road that night. It, well, now what? 
Back you, Tom Hanks. Anyway, <laughs> of course, again, guys, we are on Discord, and the gifts just keep on fucking coming. Anyway, he was put in touch with uh, Jeff Ojedax. On Jeff, in a written testimony, recalled the story of how he saw a very disheveled man soaked from the rain walking down the road that night. He assumed the man's car broke down. But he did not have the room in his truck to pick anyone up, so he just kept going. Later, while he was drinking coffee, the man walked in looking like a, quote, drowned rat. And Rekka asked if Jeff could give his friend directions to the cafe if Rekka called him. Jeff agreed and gave his, uh, his friend directions. Rekka paid for Jeff's coffee, and Jeff left for a show he was playing with, with a band. Of course he was. He was a cowboy in a dump truck. Coupled with all this, Carl Lauren has written a, a written confession from Rekka and supposedly the long underwear Rekka wore that night, which is fucking gross. So his research has been looked into and deemed authentic by a forensic linguist. <laughs> Same forensic linguist said when researching the FBI files and Lauren's evidence, he could find no major discrepanc discrepancies that would eliminate Rekka as a suspect. And that when coupled with the identical accounts of the meeting between Rekka and Jeff Ojedax from both men to him makes a very strong case for Rekka. All findings and evidence was published in a book in 2019. God damn it. <laughs> what the fuck? Weird. It's like a little little turtle with... What the fuck? Anyway. <laughs> it's a Hank Sea Turtle. Jesus Christ. So, anyway, all the findings and evidence was published in a book in 2009. Couldn't find any from the FBI on this case yet. So now, 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 last but not least, we have Robert Backstraw, believed by many familiar with the case to be the strongest suspect in the Cooper case. The FBI's own files show him to have been their main suspect. He was targeted because of his military background. Army man who specialized in halo jumps. That's high altitude, low open jumps, if you're scoring from home. He was discharged from the army several months before the hijacking. He was disgruntled and he was unhappy with his severance. He matched the <laughs> FBI. What, what now? All you gave me was this gold watch, you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped in Vietnam 50 times. <laughs> uh, the whole time, up my ass. It's gold watch. <laughs> Oh, anyway, he's disgruntled and whatever, and he matched the FBI composite drawing in nine points. He admitted during questioning he was fully capable of pulling off the hijacking and the jump. So after this, it gets kind of odd. This man is the suspect for all conspiracy-loving folk. On top of the evidence from before, there's talk of cover-up. So imagine that. Where's, where's the dun-dun-dun? Anyway. Uh, it's in there somewhere. I think I typed it out for you, actually. You did, but I was hoping you would do it, so. Oh, dun dun dun! Oh, there it is. I got, I got it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, evidence. That is much more like, frightening. So, way more frightening. Evidence like <laughs> DNA samples has been locked away and is mysteriously unavailable. And there are reports that he was working with the CIA before and after the hijacking. This is a fun one to dive into when you guys get some more time out there. So if you ever want to, you know, read up on uh, Robert Rackstraw, it's a fucking. That's a deep fucking hole, oh, man. It's rack straw. I thought you back said straw. Back, back straw. Oh, why would I say back straw? No, I right. swear to God, originally I thought you said back straw. That's back scratcher. Is his name Robert Backstraw? This fucking guy. Who the fuck I'm is this a guy? Mean motherfucker. 
<laughs> so anyway, we could literally do an entire episode on this guy and all the talk around his possibly being the infamous Cooper, and maybe someday we will. So that interesting, interesting, interesting point about him. I believe he just this guy actually just died last year or two. Oh shit! Yeah. So he's, uh, yeah, he died July of last year. So he's not he's not even a year dead yet. So. Damn, he was almost as old as Chainsaw. So, he was. Almost. He was. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> no, he was. I mean, he was only 75, actually. So. Oh, so not quite. Okay. So, yeah. That right there is a short list of the interesting suspects spanning from 1971 all the way up until 2018. So um, nobody knew, like, the actual D.B. Cooper. It was all these different suspects. That correct. They, and there's way right, more, dude. There's I've so got many another one here that I didn't put in there uh, that I had written out and I wasn't sure how long this was going to go. So I, I, I didn't put him in there, but he was, uh, this other Listen, dude, was Moody, 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 real quick. Yeah. Yeah. He and our listeners, it's like any relationship. We got to go as long as we possibly can, buddy. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I mean, I know, I know that I hate listening to you guys talk for too long. So I'm just assuming. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Just nice. assuming that other people are the same. So. Okay, <laughs> uh, um, and I, I wrote a little bit about him. Um, I mentioned his name in the, the next paragraph, I think. But uh, yeah, I figured now was a good time to put this in. But um, he was a uh, he was a member of uh, in Vietnam. He was a member of the Special Operations Group. Yes. And uh, this is Ted Braden you're talking about, right? Ted Braden, right? So he had, um, he was a member of the special operations group in Vietnam and, uh, his, his commandos that he worked with and, uh, some of his actual, um, bosses there, they, uh, they all claimed, um, that the, uh, the hijacking had, uh, all the telltale signs and the hallmarks of a special operations group, like, um, like mission, um, two of his leading commanders uh, were willing to, to go as far as basically saying that they were almost positive that Ted Braden was D.B. Cooper. Um, he, uh, he's another weird one because uh, one of his, one of his like uh, professional connections, he was very close with uh, General John Sing, Singlaub, I think it is, um, okay. who was one of the founders of the CIA and a leading figure in the Iran Contra affair. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of like mystery and like weird shit surrounding his military career as well. Uh, he oh. went AWOL from he went AWOL from Vietnam in '66, and he was caught trying to join uh, the commando forces in the Congo Civil War. Um, this sounds like the plot even, from fucking Rambo. <laughs> well, he was. It says he was incarcerated at Fort Dix. Uh, hey, no, hey, I, I'm not DB Cooper. Uh, <laughs> they try to kill um, my girlfriend. What's <laughs> hey, what a one to drink? up in that more four neighborhood steak. I'll blow it up. I'll just guy. I'll off a puff and blow the house down. You got beef with me? I'm gonna shoot you. Sorry, you. Hold on, hold on a second. Did did somebody just make a? Uh, green jelly reference there absolutely i did very nice okay, anyways green, back to what i was jelly. saying green jello let's let's call it let's call it what they were anyway go ahead all right green green jello i don't want to get sued right. though so do you want uh, to get sued no. anyways huh 
Nothing to being an idiot. Go ahead. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after after he was caught, um, they incarcerated him at Fort Dix. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I was, I was, okay. I was going to leave a pause, but I didn't hear anyone telling a joke. All right. You guys let me down there. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but shortly after he was incarcerated, uh, the army chief of staff himself uh, staff personally... Cockbuster 7,000 today. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good, man. It's okay. Hey, it's okay. Anyways. Do you think right now Chris Erminsky's like, he's like, fuck, and he's like scrolling forward <laughs> so he can find out what we were just trying to say? Who the fuck was it? He's <laughs> like, get to the point. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> so at any rate, uh, Basically, right after he was incarcerated for going AWOL, um, the Army Chief of Staff personally interceded and got him released. So he basically oh, served no time for going AWOL from Vietnam, which is pretty incredible. That was uh, a big no-no back then, man. And then, so after he got released, um, he sort of just kind of disappeared. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different... Um, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about where he was and where he ended up. Oh, um, dog. I'll try to start shooting everybody. <laughs> so, so that's another guy that like, I mean, when you've got, you know, army commanders and shit like that saying, we think this dude's him. It looks shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's had all the, it has all the marks of one of our operations and shit like that. Like that's another right. guy. Plus with all this crazy shit with the CIA and, and whatever, you know, that's another and one of those like kind of conspiracy guys that. That's, so this is like a Jimmy up. Hoffa thing. Like nobody ever found out. It's like a who shot JFK, Jimmy Hoffa. Oh yeah, mystery. it's a huge, huge conspiracy. Yeah, they, now, they, we can, we can. I, I honestly think what we should do, we should do a, um, a, 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 what do you call it, bonus episode, and talk about the other guys that are involved. Because I mean, dude, there's people like, uh, well, let's see, Robert Lepsey, William Gossett, Jack Kofeld, and fucking murderer John List. All right, and if you guys don't know who John List is, he killed his wife, his mother, and three children at their home, and then fucking disappeared. Like that motherfucker was like insane, and he was actually considered to possibly be another suspect in the DB Cooper thing. Yeah. Do you think his kiss was on your list? He's been he's been pretty much ruled out uh, as a suspect. Like they pretty much like said, yeah, he's not. But for some reason, he just keeps coming up like in everything I read as a suspect. And I just so I figured I'd throw him in there just because it's it's such a weird thing because he literally killed his family and then rolled out. It was like right in the time frame of this whole thing. So yeah, like the, dude, that whole story on him. Again, we don't do serial killers and murders and stuff like that, but I feel like we should start maybe make bonus episodes out of yeah. it. Yeah, why don't we yeah. just throw it in the mix? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure people love people yeah. love true crime. Absolutely. What if the Midnight Train? Did their twist on true crime every now and then yeah i think why not we should do that yeah my biggest thing yeah. is is like and truthfully and this is the my honest to god the reason that but i've always said no to that is because it, there's a very you're walking a very 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 thin line between insulting and or adding insult to you know someone who's died and the death of somebody and and being able to actually make it interesting and funny at the same time you know what i mean and i think and to be honest the podcasts i listen to that do that they do it so fucking well that it's 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 one of those like territories yeah. where I'm, I'm a little hesitant in, in, in getting involved in, but 
Let's fucking try it and see what happens. I mean, yeah, I mean if anything, people will just hate me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, blame it on Jeff, so. Exactly. Yeah, blame it on Jeff, right. So are any <laughs> of these people actually D.B. Cooper? Honestly, we, we, we may never fucking know. And as stated earlier, the FBI has officially closed the books on the D.B. Cooper case. Its status is still unsolved. And as we've seen, there are still new suspects popping up as recent as 2018. Question. Now, how, how do you close the books on something unsolved? I don't get that. Like, do you just say, fuck it, we give up? It's, it's basically it's they're, they're yeah, They don't want to spend the resources. They're calling it a cold case. They don't yeah. really have any leads. They have nowhere to go. I mean, the right. leads that they do get, they can, for the for the most part, it seems like are dead ends everywhere they go. It's been 45 years. It's They pretty much just said, we don't have the time and the manpower and the resources to right. to put towards this anymore. So, And so for all the people out there listening that may ask themselves sometimes, like, well, how does that happen? How does a, a case like get fucking like is considered a, a cold case or whatever it then moody nailed it completely it's that they just don't have any more information it's been so long and they can literally take all of their resources and put them so towards something else where they feel like they're closer to solving the case so that's that's why you hear all these cold case files and stuff like that it's because typically people walked away from it until something new popped up and this could potentially be one of those if it's tangible evidence that is Hold some credibility, you know? So you never know. You honestly never know how these things pan out, you know? So anyway. Um, now, there's a ton more we could learn about this case. But for you and your ear hole's sake, we just wanted to lay out the basics and look into some fun at, uh, suspects. Truth is, there are tons of theories ranging from very convincing to, you know, what in the fuck is wrong with your brain? It's a great rabbit hole case and a very entertaining piece of crime history that we would honestly recommend checking it, you know, on your own or... Like I said, maybe we'll do a bonus episode where we go through and talk about more of these possible suspects and their yeah, there's some there's some other cool suspects too. Yeah, and some other like David yeah. Blaine, possibly David Blaine. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> an asshole. So anyway, that's that is DB fucking Cooper, man. It's an amazing ride. It's an amazing story because first of all, it's it's true it fucking happened. <coughs> and second of all nobody knows who the fuck it is so it literally does climb up there with the whole fucking you know the jfks and all this other sh oh obviously not to that extent because unfortunately our president was fucking assassinated but uh, it, it, can i throw something out really quick about jfk sure. uh-oh uh-oh i i i've been i've been uh been looking and reading and listening to things and uh I don't think that uh, I don't think that Kennedy was killed by uh, by any by uh, uh, an outsider. He was killed by one of his own, my friends. I've heard that too. I've heard that actually several times. So wait a minute, you're but, saying one of his own, but you are saying that it wasn't um, inside it job. Oswald. It wasn't Oswald. Oswald took shots. See, it's it's a long thing. Oh, we but know. Essentially, essentially, Dude. Oswald took shots and did hit the president with one bullet, but the bullet that killed him, that shot him in the head, actually came from a Secret Service agent that was in another car that basically freaked the fuck out and accidentally shot the president. Hey, Moody. Yeah. That sounds like next week's episode, the conspiracy theories behind the JFK assassination. Ooh, that's a great one. Dude, that's like a seven-episode series. Guess what? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it is, folks. And if we get that much material and that much research, we will make it. And guess what? If I'm not mistaken, next week, 
we're going to be back in the fucking studio saying fuck the quarantine and we're going to actually have a good sounding fucking episode. It's also my birthday too. Oh, hey! Hey, buddy! I'm going to be a quarter as old as Chainsaw. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) And as our, as my mission to all of our amazing listeners, passengers that listen, it is my goal when we get together next on his, on Jeff's birthday, I'm going to get him shithoused while we do the fucking episode. Yeah. All right. Jeff's going to be sipping on that voodoo and we're going to be talking about the conspiracy theories behind the fucking crazy Kennedy assassination. So uh, make sure you guys are sticking around for that one. Now, up next, of course, is my favorite segment. Um, I'm just going to say it like this. This is Jeff Hates It All. Because Jeff hates it all. He really don't care. You sing a sad song, but you're just unaware. You say you don't know. So last week we changed it up to Jeff appreciates it all, but today's a special circumstance. Today I actually have a guest, believe it or not. And today dun, dun, dun. we're gonna do a hates it all today with my guest, Mr. Jonathan Sayer himself. Yes, yes. Um, normally we do Jeff hates it all, but uh, hey, I, I've I, I, I encountered a situation. That I'm sure a lot of you people out there um, have either encountered yourself or you are maybe a part of. And and either way, when I get done with this, you could either fucking hate me or you could agree with me. Those are the things. But my hates, the thing I hate right now is everyone's fucking political point of view and their fucking biased bullshit that they can't have a cognitive fucking conversation with someone without spitting fucking rhetoric and fucking ignorance and fucking well you're a moron because of this or you're dumb because of this and you're dumb because of this it has become fucking like it's to the point now where I literally I, I just I, I'm gonna start punching people in the fucking mouth the second they even bring up and I don't care what side you're on I don't give a fuck you could be pro-Trump anti-Trump you could be fucking a leftist or right whatever I'm just fucking tired of how nobody can have a fucking conversation without some opinionated fucking point of fucking view like fucking you know what a debate is a debate is to fucking sit down and listen to counterpoints to your point and then to counterpoint their points that's it not to be a fucking whiny little fucking bitch because you <laughs> have a fucking problem with somebody else's fucking opinion and if you're one of those people i'm sorry but you can literally suck my what because that shit is stupid have a fucking conversation learn something learn something from someone and stop just spewing the shit other people are saying like cognitive research just fucking research the shit for yourself but don't go to fucking like tmz or some fucking horrible thing like that go on and look at fucking reputable websites and reputable information oh maybe the science behind things and whatnot and that goes into a totally different thing but anyway Everybody All right, out wait, there. wait, wait, wait. As, as, as the godfather of hate, 
I am so proud right now. I have tears in my eyes. I, I think this is amazing. <laughs> I, I'm so happy. This is awesome. It just drives but me nuts, man. I need a little bit, like, where did this, did, did this stem from something specific? Do we have some yes. examples? Yeah, yeah. Or? So what happened is, is that I find all these memes and I never really post my political point of view on a points of view, whatever you want. We're talking talk Facebook? Yeah, of course, of course. Okay. But I never I never post anything on there really, but I make fun of shit because I find shit's funny. The problem is, is when you do that and you're kind of, um, if you're not, if you're not really telling somebody your exact point of view, they immediately assume that you're on their side and then they start spewing all kinds of shit or they find out that you're not on their side and they fucking immediately hate you. They flip on a fucking dime, dude. Like on a fucking dime. You know what's scary is so all this shit happens on social media and this is why I've told you for years I, I don't do it unless it's like for a band or a project we're doing. That's the only reason I'm on Right, and that's where I need to be at. And so I literally i'll get on our group because i like to laugh and i like to see what moody and chainsaw and everybody's posting so i i get involved with that but that's why that's it and all my friends yell at me like oh you didn't see this post because i don't pay attention everybody is blocked on my thing you know you can like block people for 30 days or be friends but not see their shit i have like maybe two people that i see <laughs> out of all my friends but the scary thing is that all this stuff happens on social media like everybody's internet tough right Oh, yeah. Every, they're, they're, everybody can be like, you know, more tough guys or whatever it is. Yeah. They can get behind their little smartphone and be like, okay, you know, I know more than you and I'm a tough guy and blah, blah, blah. None of this shit ever happened before social media. Think about it. You were never at a, I mean, it did, but not like this. You were never like at a bar and some random dude's just like, who the fuck did you vote for? Did you know this, that? Because people kept that shit to themselves. Right. Of course. Social media, they don't. Because you're not there. You're not physically there in front of them. Exactly. Because I'm telling you right now, the majority of the people that run their mouths, and this is on the both sides, people. I am not, I am totally on, I'm in the, I'm fucking Switzerland right now, motherfuckers. What I'm saying is, is on both sides, I guarantee 90% of those motherfuckers would never have the balls to say the shit they say to somebody with the opposing view. They never would do it to their face. You know why? Because someone eventually is going to knock the taste out of your fucking mouth. Because well, I know how to fix it. Easy. I'm not condoning violence. Sometimes some people need to have the fucking okay slapped out of them. You can and fix that, it really easy. How's that? All they got to do is drink some Drano and stick a flashlight up their ass. Song. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that's how you do it. Shut up, people. Anyway. Thank you so much for letting me have the hates at all today. I had to get that off my chest. It feels really good. Now I know why you do it. Now I, I get I, it. I think, here's what it's I exhilarating. think. It's exhilarating. It's exhilarating. I think we should take turns. You know what I mean? I think. Moody's up next week. Moody's, either that or the three of us do it. Like, I'll do one, you do one, and we'll we'll do all three in one episode. <laughs> this is going to become <laughs> the midnight <laughs> hate. <laughs> 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 so anyway, that is hates it all. And, and and again, if if I pissed anybody off out there, um, it's probably you I'm talking about. If I didn't, and you're like, yeah, dude, I wish everyone would shut the fuck up. Then guess what? That's probably why you're listening to this fucking podcast to begin. Because it's everyone's ass or everyone's point of view is like their asshole. You know what I mean? Like everyone's got one and everyone thinks everyone else stinks. So shut the fuck up. Believe what you want to believe, but don't throw it at somebody else. And definitely 
Don't hate on them because they don't agree with you. That's it. And now, on to our new segment. We've decided that we wanted to do a question and answer segment where we posted something on our um, social, which we just berated social media. (laughs) We're talking about (laughs) (laughs) But on our group, which if you guys are on there, we thank our you so group much is amazing. It. Like it is awesome. If you need a break from your regular news feed, like John is saying, it's full of shit. Come yep. to our group. It's it's there's nothing like that in there. It's all fun and laughs. It's so much fun and creepy I mean, stuff. A lot of people post oh, yeah. like some creepy shit. Like yeah, like Moody actually posted something today uh, about those. Uh, um, somebody found something in some ancient. I saw whatever, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Markings all over it or the something. Geom- geometry like yeah, back buddy. in the day. Yeah, 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 you guys, you guys got to get on there because yeah, we, we're posting creepy shit all the time. Um, you know, the listeners are posting creepy shit all the time, and we we, we bust each other's balls, um, like uh, us who are close to each other, but we do it in a very tasteful, fun way. It, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there is no room. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Negative <laughs> bullshit. There is no tastefulness or anything else like that in that in what we do. Okay. Yes, there no. is. I mean, you, sugar balls and sugar butt. Sugar is flavor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, the new segment is our Q&A segment. And hopefully when you're listening to this, you just listen to the new cool Q&A segment intro. But because we're on quarantine, I highly doubt it. So anyway, the first question we have, and we're all going to answer these questions. And we have oh, boy. To, right? oh, boy. <laughs> so Rob we have Webb, to tell the truth, right? Yep. Rob Webb asks has any one of the cast ever been arrested if so what for <laughs> and how long were you in the clink oh boy um jeff i will let you go first all right so i did an overnight one time in vegas uh, about <laughs> eight years ago and i was at a convention for work and the convention was over so i went out and you know i was at the mirage casino and they happened to have a car show there so i was like super pumped it's like old school muscle cars and so i was like walking around looking at all the cars and like drooling over this stuff like oh this car's amazing yada yada so i I figure i'm gonna go outside get some air have a smoke i was a little drunk right so i go outside and there's this like nerdy guy in a blazer standing there and he's talking to somebody else and he's going on and on and on and on how he's the CEO and founder of this new car company and blah, 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 oh blah. Uh, you and motherfucker. Like, and he's like, he's in there talking. He's like, you know what? He's like, it's going to be called Tesla. It's going to be so cool. <sighs> so I looked at him. I was like, electric cars, really? And he's like, he goes, yeah. He's like, what, what you got a problem with that, bro? So I punched him in the face. All right. He fell to the ground. He started crying like a little kid where they lose their balloon. You know, they're holding a balloon and let go and it goes in the air and it never comes back. He's like crying like a little kid. Next thing I know, I get arrested. I get thrown in the drunk tank and that was it. That was the one night I spent in jail. Jeff. Yeah. You've never actually spent time in jail, have you? I did for punching Elon Musk in the face. Aside from that, have you? No. Okay. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Moody. (laughs) God damn it. Booty. Yeah. All right. Your turn, buddy. Uh, so I have uh, the the longest I was in was, I think it was about six hours. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. so, dude, it's great. It's a, it's, it's a great story. It was terrifying at the time, though. Um, okay. 
it was when I lived in New Orleans and uh, I've actually, this is this exact scenario has happened to me probably three times. Uh, you saw Elon Musk too? Uh, no, I, no, I did uh, not. I'm sorry. But I would have punched him for you if I did. Absolutely. Uh, nice guy. So I, was, I was living in New Orleans and this was like, it was around the holidays. It was like after Christmas. It might have been right before New Year's. Um, I was working. I had worked at Double. I was working downtown New Orleans. And uh, I didn't get out of work. I worked from like like 10 in the morning to like midnight or something. And uh, I was leaving work, driving home. And the street that I was driving down, it's a major street. And it's got a lot of cross streets. And every other cross street has a light. So I was like super tired, like almost falling asleep. And I saw the light turn red. So I stopped. But I stopped the street before the red light. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and there was a and there was a cop behind me, and he fucking instantly put his lights on, turned, pulled me over. Um, unfortunately, I had a warrant for my arrest because I never paid a ticket that I got in downtown. And so at like, this was probably one o'clock in the morning. Uh, by by now. He arrests me and takes me to Central Holding in New Orleans, like the central lockup downtown New Orleans. So I had to spend about six hours there uh, with all the guys that they kept bringing in for like shooting people and doing shit like that. And uh, I spent about about six hours in a giant cell with a bunch of people that were very frightening. So, all right. So there was um, that. that was my longest. That was my longest stint. Okay. Um, I hate both of you, to be honest with you, um, <laughs> because Rob, um, I actually have been arrested quite a few times. <laughs> and, and listen, truthfully, I, and it's it's, and I'm not going to sit here. Listen, listen, they were all my fuck ups. Every single one was, but it's not like I was some fucking criminal. So the first time I was 17, it was like uh, two weeks before my 18th birthday, and I'll make some of these short just to get through them real quick. But um, yeah, because there's a few of them. Um, my cousin's friend, who, to be honest, I was highly intimidated of because I, I thought he was going to kill me, um, convinced me to steal a bike. And so <laughs> I stole a BMX bike from a kid, but I guess as the world tells you and karma instantly slaps you, kid just bought the bike from a bike store down the street and his father was driving by as I jumped on the bike. <laughs> was his last name Musk? No, it wasn't Musk. But it, okay. but again, if it was, I would have hit him for you. Excellent. So, ended up fucking trying to get away from the dad in the truck and went behind his company or this big uh, building or whatever and tried to hide in a dumpster and their um, security guy came out <laughs> and I got I got arrested. But when I got arrested, I ended up going to uh, the, the jail or whatever, you know, and in there, you know, I was young, 17-year-old. It was nothing big, yada, yada. So they... Uh, put me in a room and, and, and they left the cell door open. Well, they were walking a, a, uh, a guy in a orange jumpsuit that was completely shackled from head to toe out, transfer him and <laughs> believe it or not, the guy attacked the cops and I closed my cell door myself. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that that was that time and my dad, I was only there for a couple hours and my dad came and picked me up and didn't say a word to me on the way home, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Second time I got arrested, uh, it's because uh, I, I had a weird thing for my insurance and it lapsed because something happened and it didn't go through. And it was like 12.15 in the person's car. I was driving a friend's sister home and 
only had one headlight, and so we got pulled over. And because apparently I didn't have insurance because of 15 minutes it lapsed. I don't know, whatever. But, uh, but funny story with this is they took me in, and I actually had everyone at the police station buying tickets to my show two weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. And then uh, the last one, um, yeah, it was pretty stupid. To be completely dead honest with you guys, because that's what we're going to do this Q&A for. Um, I was an idiot, lost my job. My child support got backed up on me, and I had a warrant for my arrest. I was actually at a party with Mr. Jeff. Yeah, um, I <laughs> that got, it got raided by the, uh, we were at a, uh, a college, and it got raided by the college. Um, college security, police. College police. Paul, Paul Blart. Yeah. And they came, <laughs> and I had a bag there, and uh, like a backpack, and uh, another friend of ours had his pipe, a weed pipe, in my bag. Well, they saw that, and then they ran my information, and I had a warrant. Well, I ended up serving five fucking days for that. All right? I was in county for five days. I'm going to talk about being afraid for your fucking life. That sucked. <laughs> but, again... As much as you can say these aren't criminal things, I, I, I was young and stupid or whatever, and I, I I don't hang out with those people anymore. Oh, wait. I do, Jeff. <laughs> Dude, I, I waited with my ex-wife. I We waited in the parking lot for eight hours the day you were, you were released because you were supposed <laughs> to go in the morning. So we ended up getting there in the morning, and then it kept getting delayed and delayed. We literally sat in my truck listening to music and talking and doing all kinds of dumb shit for eight hours fucking hours <laughs> now listen now tell me that's not a friend yeah it is a friend for sure and i appreciate you um there was a funny part of the entire thing though so when i first got arrested they took me to county and they only had like double xl um jumpsuits and so i'm little enough as it is at this point in time i'm like 5 10 and maybe weighed like a buck 50 and so of course now i look even smaller well they put me in a cell with Somebody who was just caught by the U.S. Marshals for being the biggest trafficker of crystal meth in our side of the country or whatever, right? So the dude's, <laughs> dude's covered in tattoos, doesn't have any fucking teeth, completely scary. Well, by the time it was all over with, um, I had his address and I was sending him a copy of the Witch's Bible that I had. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God. So I guess the, the moral of the story is I can make friends anywhere, but I should really stop doing that. Anyway, that <laughs> that is 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 what happened there. So now we got a, a, a like one or two more on here. We're gonna go through. Um, Christina Skelton of the Skelton Sisters, the Sister Skelton, he actually asks if each one of you could have one superpower, anything at all. What would it be? That's that's our the first question. She also has another one on here, which is gonna be funny. So, um, so Moody, we'll go with you first. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Uh, I've always wanted to have invisibility as my superpower. And why? Uh, because you can literally fucking pretty much do anything, man. Are you a pervert? Like a creeper? <laughs> I'm sure that would be a part of it. <laughs> You're just hanging out someplace and you hear Candy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Jeff, your superpower. <laughs> Uh, if I could have one superpower, it would easily be the, uh, what is it? The laser eyes where you can shoot lasers out of your eyes. I would go to a Tesla <laughs> convention. I would wait for the, the top speaker to come out and I would open my eyes and, and that's me. Okay. And, uh, honestly, mine would probably be invisibility as well. Just because, I mean, that, that seems like the most 
Like literally, you could do anything. You could sit around and walk around butt ass naked, and no one's gonna know. You know what I mean? So that would be mine as well. And then she says her uh, second question, which I already answered in this episode. Uh, also, she says we know Jeff hates it all. What is one thing that Jonathan and Moody hate the most? Well, you heard what I hate. What is so Moody one, hate? This is all on Moody. Moody, what do you fucking hate? Other people's children. Do you want to know any more on that, or do you just want to leave it right there? Uh, we're just going to leave that there. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, we'll be right back, and we're going to close up this fucking last <laughs> quarantine fucking episode. Thank you guys for your questions. Obviously, we just did this earlier, uh, like not too, like a couple days ago. But from here on out, we want you guys to ask us questions. Just go on to our Facebook group, and you'll see it's pinned to the top, and it says ask us questions. We're going to leave it there so you guys can just hit that fucking the, that post and ask us any question you want to. Obviously, tell them the truth, except for fucking Jeff. Anyway, <laughs> all right, passenger. We hope you enjoyed your ride with us on DB fucking Cooper. Don't forget to head on over to the Midnight Train Podcast.com and sign up for the Midnight Bonus Train to access all kinds of awesome tidbits you won't get anywhere else, like us going further into the DB Cooper suspects. I think that'll be fun. At our website, you can buy some super sweet merchandise, and we will donate 10% of every sale to the National Association on Mental Illness because, you know, mental illness is not funny. So also sign up to our group on Facebook like we were just talking about with those questions. It's awesome and a chance for us to talk to all of you outside of the podcast. There will be a link in the description, and don't forget to send us your greeting cards and your fucking crazy things you want laying around. Um, We'll read them on every episode. And... Please, make sure to send all hate mail about Elon Musk to the one and only Jeff. Because, yeah. Anyway, you can send all that shit to the the Midnight Train Podcast, P.O. Box 38206, Olmstead Falls. That's O-L-M-S-T-E Falls, Ohio 44138. And people, they keep asking. They say, John, Jeff, Moody, how can we help with the steam in your engines? Well, the best thing you guys could do is like, subscribe, and rate us on every fucking platform you possibly listen to. Um, and most importantly, share the Midnight Train with everyone. Get on there and it just just share a post of ours. Let people know that we're out there. Say, hey, these guys are fucking horrible. Listen to them. Or these guys are amazing. <laughs> listen to them. Whatever. Word of mouth is honestly how we're going to get more passengers. Because, uh, right now, a lot of fucking podcasts. There's a lot of bad ones, but there's a lot of really good ones. And it's kind of, you, you get, you could, you could drown a little bit. So you guys are the reason that we do what we do and we can't thank you enough. So for all the love and support and whatever. So Shout out to all the people buying money. merch too, by the way. I know there's quite a few. Yeah. And we actually, a lot of people have been buying merch lately. We really appreciate that. Represent that shit. And if you guys want to see a cool design, like fucking I hates Elon Musk or fuck Elon Musk or whatever. How about like a silhouette of me punching him out? Like for my jail time. All right, we could probably do that. We do that. So again, thank you guys all so much for listening. Next week, we're gonna be talking about the JFK assassination, fucking craziness, and the Ooh. fucking rumors and the fucking insanity about how many people may have done what. I mean, there's even someone saying that fucking 
George W. fucking Bush was involved in the shit. So, uh, yeah, he was he was supposedly involved in some of it. Right. The conspiracies are ginormous, and we're gonna fucking run some. of Well, maybe not all of them, but at least the biggest ones and the and the most interesting. So, anyway, next week, make sure you find us here. Make sure you have questions. Go on, uh, go onto our Facebook page and give us those questions as well. Right here, you want to say half of Moody. On behalf of you fucking beautiful dark passengers. As always, first and foremost, stay safe, fuck the quarantine, and choo-choo, motherfuckers! Are you delusional? Do, are, do you suffer from a mental illness? Do you think you do? Oh, yeah. Uh, I have. And see, I'm probably the least judgmental person I've ever met, at least. And I, you know, I, I kind of think each to his own. I mean, if you want to run around dressed up as Batman. Look, I'm actually going to have a beer. Help knock yourself out if it doesn't hurt anybody. And My OCD's going crazy. The problem is, I, I think it does. I, I think it hurts the woman that you love. Dude, I grew up in the 70s and 80s. You are behaving in what would be an odd manner, right? My dad bought it. You might find this a pretty hard act to replace. I know. And I do a lot for you. I know. A long-distance relationship is already hard enough. And then to add this element of whatever this is on top of it, it's yeah, what's up? even more challenging. So so you work two jobs. I do. And then you drive two hours to see him. And then when you get there, what happens? The uh, We just kind of stay at home. Um, I know. Because obviously, how can I go anywhere? I know. When you get there, does he have his Batman mask on? Most times. If he doesn't, he looks like that. Okay. And he has a Batman suit. He does. Does he wash this suit? Uh, I have. No. It has coffee, beer, um, sweat. The inside of his Batman mask. I know. You said he has a fungus growing from the Yeah, suit? you can see white patches on the top of his head. That's not like a sunburn or dry skin. That's like fungus from sweating inside of his mask. He tried to put his mask in my purse today, and I grabbed it, and it was like actually slimy. Where do Mexicans go for vacation? It's absolutely disgusting. I know. And abnormal interferes with healthy functioning and pursuit of growth. And doing this does interfere with pursuit of goals. It's not getting you what you want in life. <laughs> I know. I named my Mexican jumping team. To all of you dark passengers, as you know, we're all under this godforsaken, albeit necessary quarantine and Jonathan, Jeff and Mr. Moody have had to do six fucking episodes via Discord. We greatly apologize for any audio discrepancies and the gents hope to get back to their normal idiocy very soon. Take care and choo-choo motherfuckers.